Tom, meet Evan. Evan, Tom. Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us on our yes, podcast. I'm so excited. I love when we have new guests. It's so fun. Yeah, this is the third one we have filmed in as many days. Um, oh, really? And I, yeah. Yeah, Shameless is buying time to finish shooting and editing the season because they're only on episode nine right now. Um, oh. For filming. Yeah. And they just aired episode three. So they're doing this thing called Hall of Shame, which is six weeks they're going to intersperse throughout the series that like looks back at all of the characters and storylines in the first oh, one. Oh, that's pretty Ian cool. And yeah. And of course, they're starting with Galovich because they know it's the only one anybody cares about. <laughs> yeah, they're starting off first so they can get good ratings for the beginning of the season. <laughs> I just posted the trailer for that on my TikTok and got like 6,000 views on it. Oh so. my gosh. Yeah, Damn. you're like TikTok famous now. I am not TikTok. Zoe has 43,000 followers. Yeah. People think yeah. she's Gerard Way. Guys, I have Way. like 20. <laughs> <laughs> People just think Zoe is Gerard Way half the time and they follow her and she has to constantly be like, I am not I'm Gerard not Way. Broadway. I just dress like him. But she could, like, make a living off that. Like, she'd be, like, the guitar guy in New York City. (laughs) Yeah, she cosplays him constantly. I have a framed photo of her as Gerard Way from Yo Gabba Gabba in my bathroom right now. Amazing. But anyway. Wait, uh, you know, I found out today. What? Kind of on topic. I didn't know Allison Janney was supposed to be Sheila. She was Sheila in the pilot episode. I did not know that. I found that out today. I was like, ooh. Fun fact. The unaired pilot, Sheila was Allison Janney and not, not Joan Cusack. Interesting. Allison Janney went and got mom, and now she's amazing. Who's Allison Janney? I don't think I, I don't think I recognize that name. What is she from? Okay, she was most famously the West Wing was her biggest thing. She was the mom in I Tanya. She's on the TV show Mom. Uh, I'm looking her up. Oh, 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 her, her. She was in this movie I watched that Chris Colfer was in called um, Struck, Struck by, by Lightning. Lightning. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. she played his mom. I think I've seen that. I think you showed me that in college, Amanda. I 100 percent did. Yeah, yeah that movie used to be on. Um, it used to be on Netflix, and then I took it off like a couple of years ago. I I thought that was a good movie. Yeah, I went and saw that and Girl Most Likely when they were in limited release in like the local movie theater that I drive like forty minutes to get to. I went and saw them, and I had the Struck by Lightning book. Wait, which one's Girl Mo- Most person? Likely? That is Kristen Wiig and Darren Chris. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I've seen that, that movie's good. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Oh my god, she's the mom in Juno. I didn't know that. Oh, and she's oh yes. yeah, yeah. And then she's also um. Uh, the uh, Penny's mom from Hairspray. Right. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, she is. Wow. She's very realize. famous and talented. Yeah, no, I know. Just exactly like Joan. Now. Just like Joan. <laughs> Just like Joan. There is <laughs> some prime <laughs> Sheila content in this episode, too. I'm very excited. Very good. So let's kick this shit off. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to the Luck We Had podcast, a shameless recap podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. I'm your other host, Evan, and today we have another special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh my god, ah, it's Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to introduce myself like that all the time now. Good. (laughs) For anybody who's new to the podcast, uh, our last couple, our first season, we had a couple of guests talk about the film Wet World (sighs) with uh, our previous guests, Simone and Asher. Wet World was written and directed by the wonderful Tom Hornberger here. He and I were college roommates, and he heard me talk about Shameless for so long, I'm surprised he's still friends with me. <laughs> no, you got me hooked. I remember you got me hooked. That was one of like my coming out years, and you were like, there's a gay romance. I was like, oh, finally something I can watch and relate to. So maybe not like <laughs> their relationship in the show, but you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could see an Ian Gallagher correlation there with you a little in the early years. Yeah, a little bit. I'll yeah. take the compliment. <laughs> Yeah, in that he thought that everybody didn't know he was gay, but when in fact... <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. 
<laughs> Sorry, I love you. I think um, everyone knew before me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tom and I were roommates for a year, and um, I I don't know if I can spill the beans on this, but fucking Montclair, we've been graduated from them so long. Tom was also the mascot at oh, our you can- school. <laughs> You're the mascot. Yeah, it comes up a lot. Like people are like, "You were the Red Hawk." I was like, "Yeah, I was the sweaty that- human being in that costume." How was that suit? I can't imagine wearing a mascot oh. suit. It was really gross. There was like four of us, and we'd share the suit. Now and it was just gross. It was, it was fun though. I got a lot of free shit, so that's nice. I loved living with the mascot of our school. It was so fun. <laughs> Tom and I fucking relied on each other all through college. The amount of times we just sat in our room when we were supposed to be doing essays, just yelling at each other. <laughs> we relied on that that golden minivan you had. But I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy to have you on. Completing the... I, I think I even called you out saying I'm going to get you on the show. So I yay. think you did. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for being here. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, for uh, season two, episode eight, Parenthood, which we were very excited to talk about. Um, like I said, at this time, it is December 22nd. It is just before Christmas. This is going to air in a few weeks. So one of the Hall of Shames will have already happened. Maybe another episode will have already... No, another episode's not going to happen until January 10th. So this might come out before a new episode does. We're going to talk about season two, episode eight. And I promise we're going to keep the spoilers as light as possible, even though Evan and I are constantly on our bullshit. Always on our bullshit. We do apologize, but the show's been out for like 10 years. You guys had time to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Tom, don't be afraid to jump in at, of our fucking insanity because we will be going off the rails. All right. Because... Um, this is a this is a quality this is some prime time Mickey in this episode. Oh, I know. I was like living for it while watching it again. Yes. Okay, yeah, season two, episode eight, Parenthood, aired on March 4th, 2012. It was written by Burt Hummel himself, Mike O'Malley. I love Mike O'Malley. What a man. The poor guy's had such a long career, but we know him because we were fucking Glee fans and we're like, it's Burt Hummel. It's Burt Hummel. Hummel. Is that why they named it Kurt Hummel? Yeah, yeah. Kurt and Burt. Oh. See, I know my Glee references. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bert Hummel, he'd probably be playing Tommy if he really wanted to. I it. screamed at that comment. I was like, you know what? That is probably the most spot on thing you've ever said. The fact that he would be like just Bert, but Tommy. Like that's it. <laughs> and then Latoya Morgan, staff writer, is also on this. She's been on every goddamn episode this season. Good for her. Queen of Shameless. She's the season two staff writer. Directed by, there's a new name. Daisy Von Schurlermeyer? Yes, the female directors. That's a nice name, though. Yeah. This is her only shameless writing credit. Uh, She does a lot of, like, one or two episodes directing on a lot of TV shows. Most recently on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which includes the original Mandy Milkovich. Queen. A Million Little Things, which includes James Roday Rodriguez, who I'm just obsessed with. And The Walking Dead. We know about The Walking Dead. (laughs) And like I said, the title of the episode is Parenthood. I think a lot to do with uh, Karen and Lip and uh, maybe even a little bit Fiona, but like mostly I think Frank and his mom. So yeah, it's another multi-purpose title. Not all of them are. Some of them are incredibly long for no reason at all. Yeah, unnecessarily long. Like a martyr. uh, that That one is like two sentences long that episode title it's ridiculous but we're in season two we're in season two we're staying there we're staying the in syno- season two. the synopsis of this episode is fiona and lip make a pact to earn their diplomas but lip acts out and is expelled after he realizes karen plans to sell their baby mm. 
With Grammy near death, Frank leaves and walks in on Ian and Mickey locked in passion at the cash and grab. Yeah, he does. Locked this in episode, passion. <laughs> this episode is also known as Cameron Monaghan just turned 18 so we can show his butt now. That's what that's what this is in season two. Uh, really? I Don't even that. get me started on actors being groomed. <laughs> in that... <laughs> We've said this before, but Ian, uh, Cameron Monaghan was 15 years old when they shot the pilot. And what? Noel, Fisher, Noel Fisher was 25 when he started in season one. So Cameron is currently 26. Noel is currently 35, 36. Did yeah. anybody think yeah. like, maybe this is a little inappropriate? <laughs> it's shameless. So like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Noel Fisher was the youngest of all of Cameron's uh, love interests until season seven. Oh. Because he was fucking Cash and then Ned and and then all the old guys in season four. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, until um, Caleb and Trevor, um, Noel, Noel is the youngest actor that Cameron got to play in a relationship with. Oh, yeah, gosh. The actor who played Trevor, he was only like 22, 23 when he was on Shameless. He was really young. But, so, yeah, we're, we're up to the previously on. We're already off track. We're doing great. Um, we're already <laughs> off track. Um, Evan, Tom, do you guys remember who did the previously on in your rewatch? Because I just didn't have it on the version I was watching. I watched it on Netflix. It was Lip, I think. Thank you. So Lip did the previously on. I Sorry, I don't watch it on Netflix or anything. So I, sometimes I don't have that stuff. So we open on Frank drinking as per usual. Uh, mm. But this time it's at the foot of Sheila's bed, which is weird because at the end of 207, she kicks him out of her house. He yeah. says horrible things in front of her and she kicks him out of her house. And then in 208, he's just in her room and she's got no reaction to it. Yeah, which is like, they. I think they forgot. The writers <laughs> forgot. The writers fully fucking forgot. <laughs> Burt O'Malley didn't, um, he didn't, I mean, Burt O'Malley, Mike O'Malley didn't, <laughs> Mike didn't watch the last episode. He didn't remember what happened. No, uh, but he's at the foot of Sheila's bed and he's drinking. Um... <laughs> And he says his mother has cancer and Sheila's like, the bad kind? (laughs) Because we have to remember from the previous episodes, Frank's mom has been an raging asshole to Sheila. So Sheila's like, yeah, yeah. she's a bad fucking person. Uh, Sheila's a legend. Yeah, seeing that as both Alice and Janney and Joan Cusack, I'm like intertwining them in my mind that it would still be just as legendary. What she says, says later on to the mom in the episode, I love. It's like my yeah. favorite line. Oh, <laughs> she starts quoting Annie, like the sun will come out, everything will be better. And she's like, well, this might not be nice to say, but if anyone deserves cancer, it's your mother. <laughs> Go off, Sheila. Absolute fucking queen. We cut into the Gallagher kitchen. Fiona's making lunches and Ian is doing homework, uh, like the good little boy he is. And, and Ian and Fiona let us know that Frank brought Grammy to Sheila's house because of the meth lab explosion in their basement. Uh, the fallout was giving was bothering Grammy's lungs. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Fiona's like, you know, you need a timeout. Anyway, <laughs> Carl comes crashing, literally crashing down the stairs with a football helmet on his head, smacking his head into the walls. And then tells Fiona that his football season is over because the coach got arrested for indecent exposure. And then Carl asks Ian to coach, and Ian's like, sorry, dude, I work after school. I can't. And you know he would if he could. Oh, yeah. He can't. Ian's a good fucking brother. Uh, In fact, right now, he's leaving early for a chemistry study group. Yeah, he is. That's the thing he tells his family. (laughs) That's a good excuse. He's he's definitely doing some chemistry. 
absolutely. <laughs> and then Carl asks Fiona to coach, and she just says no, go ask Lip. Uh, because remember, Lip tried to drop out of uh, high school and Fiona just simply won't let that happen. And then over at the Jacksons again, Frank has to take care of his mom in the morning. And Sheila says, I heard you have cancer. I hope it's painful. That's my favorite line. <laughs> and Frank gets a bucket for his mom to pee in and then pieces out to the store to get his mom's cigarettes and groceries. Sheila offers Grammy coffee and then they get a bidding war about booze and soda and Sheila's like, no, I have what I have. I love this episode so much because, like, this is, like, the first time, like, Sheila's not letting any shit get to her because someone finally actually pissed her off. And you know how much it takes for Sheila to bit get pissed off. Yeah, it it's wonderful. And then Carl comes back down the stairs at the Gallagher's. Apparently, Lip won't get out of bed, and he's missed a whole week of school How already. did Fiona just, like, not n realize that? A whole week of school. And if that wasn't enough for Fiona to deal with, Jimmy Steve and his wife come bursting in with Starbucks and donuts like he's just welcome there still. Uh, I always forgot uh, she's always on the phone. Like, the Oh, yeah, she's just blabbering in the phone every scene she's in <laughs> talking to the man she's fucking talking to the other man she loves oh, another prime example of the gallagher's don't ever lock their goddamn doors never he flirts with fiona and his wife doesn't notice because she's on the phone debbie and apparently we learn while she's on the phone that she and jimmy steve haven't been fucking even though we've seen them naked in bed together like a few didn't times. we literally see him get a blowjob from her on like a balcony matter of fact mm. we did yeah. So either that's a recent development or she's just a liar. And then Debbie calls Jimmy Steve Jimmy and Jimmy Jam and he's visibly annoyed by it. Good. Make fun of him. I love him. Jimmy Steve is the only thing I will ever call him. Carl and Ian get in on it too. They're like, sorry, J sorry, Jim Jam. <laughs> and Fiona's like, what signals did I send you to make you think just coming to my house was all right? And uh, she tells him, he has to figure out his whole married situation before they can even talk about getting back together. But he is a stubborn man and he is not deterred. Mm. He offers the kids a ride to school and Fiona's like, fuck, whatever. They're getting to school. Leave me alone. Get out of my house. On the way, Carl convinces Jimmy to coach his football team because Jimmy's like, does Fiona come to the practices? Yeah, well, then I'll do it. Yeah. I hate him. Anyway, on to the main event, everybody. Yeah. My favorite part. So Frank goes up to the cash and grab and discovers the front door is locked, which is weird. It's just the middle of the morning. So he goes in the back, which is unlocked. He opens the cooler to look for a drink. And what does he find? Ian's bare ass and Mickey's leg over Ian's shoulder because they're fucking face to face. In First the of all, that shot, like Mickey's leg is like X. Extended. Like, it, like, they yeah. are doing some acrobatic bullshit in that cooler. Uh, it's, and I, I promise I'm not going to talk about the new episode that much, but, like, it, that gave war flashbacks. Nikki's been doing his stretches. I didn't watch the new season at all yet. Uh, it's so good. All I have to say to you about episode three is Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas? That's, that's it. That's Nick Jonas. <laughs> that's it. You get no context. Now you just have to watch it. Okay, well, when this podcast is over, I will be going to watch that episode. You have three episodes to catch up on. <laughs> I promise episode one is bad, but just get through it. Episode two is great. Episode three is transcendental. It is do they do a lot of callbacks now? Like, are they doing a lot of callbacks? Yeah, yeah, they've done a few now. Specifically Mickey callbacks. A lot of oh. Mickey He does callbacks. the fuck you, fuck you, and especially fuck you. Oh. And, and then this gave me war flashbacks. And then they tried to have Debbie recreate a Mickey thing, 
but like Mickey's entrance line, but like it just doesn't vibe. It doesn't work. Did you see the parallel of Franny going, I gotta poop to the one of Ian doing it? I thought that one was cute. In season four. It's like Ian, I don't know if you remember, but like in season four when Ian's like so med out, he's just like sitting at like the counter in the kitchen. He just goes, I gotta poop. And then they had Franny do it in, yeah. the, in the most recent episode. And it was just cute. <laughs> Because Ian took his meds without eating, and Mickey's like, if you take them without eating, you're going to get diarrhea real bad. Then Ian's like, I got to poop. Can you imagine how many times I've watched <laughs> It's too many. Too many. <laughs> but anyway, back to season two, where Ian and Mickey have just been walked in on fucking face to which is revolutionary for Mickey at mm-hmm. the moment. The fact that they're fucking face to face means that an emotional connection has happened at this point in their relationship. In the cooler. So Frank, like, clears his throat and he's like, hello, boys. And they, they both freeze. Out. And with lightning speed, they're both standing up and Mickey's got murder in his eyes through the grates of the cooler. <laughs> and Frank says, I came in the back. No pun intended. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Frank oh, takes up the groceries for his mom and lets himself have some of the cash from the yeah, register. Yeah, he just robs the cash and grab after that. And then salutes them when they come out of the cooler dressed and goes, as you were, sailors, <laughs> and leaves. I think about this scene all the time. Frank, an ally. <laughs> well, remember early on when he was trying to get Liam back earlier on in the season and he just tricked himself out to men in a gay bar oh, to yeah, get money to get Liam about back? That. I like, vaguely yeah. remember that. He was just like, he, would, yeah. like, he was it. like posted up in like one of the stalls and he had like a line out the door. <laughs> he got paid so because men wanted to blow him and then they paid him for it but yeah he's an ally uh (laughs) back at the gallagher's lip is asleep and fiona slaps him awake as you do with your siblings and then fiona bullies him about going back to school and he points out that he dropped out and she's like yeah he points out that she also dropped out of school and she's like yeah i had to fucking raise you all our mother ran away and our father is frank gallagher and she's like, but you've got the golden ticket. You don't get to just drop out in your senior year. That's not that's not a thing that I'm going to let happen. He insists he's going to get a job because he still thinks he's going to be a father. He still thinks Karen's kid is his. And Fiona won't back down about this. She's like, I'm going to stab you in the chest. You're graduating. <laughs> I love her. But Lip is like, I understand from like an outside view. But like, boy, like you can't just drop out right away. Karen doesn't even seem like she wants him anywhere in her corner besides inside of her. You're not even going to be a dad, like, even if it was his. Like, finish your school year. You've got time. You've got a whole pregnancy to finish your school year. And then uh, they strike a deal. If Fiona gets her diploma, so will he. And uh, she is not one to turn down a challenge, so she makes that deal. Because she's only a few credits shy of graduating. And then anyway, back in the land of gay panic. Um, <laughs> yes, I just want to state for the record, all of the notes of every Ian and Mickey scene were done. I paused the episode, did the note of the scene, and then watched it. Because if I've watched it so many times, I just did the notes from memory. <laughs> and, and then I just enjoyed the scene. So Mickey devises a plan to straight up murder Frank and dispose of the body. And it's kind of foolproof. Like he's got a buddy at the quarry. He can melt down some teeth. Like he's he can get rid of this body. And Ian's like... I. I you don't have to do that. I'll talk to Frank. He'll already have forgotten about it later. Like, it's not it's not a big deal. But Mickey can't chance that and tells Ian to stay put. Mickey's going to go murder Frank real quick. <laughs> and then we join Lip and Fiona at the high school. Lip re-enrolls and Fiona has a meeting about finishing her credits. Half of the semester of high school left. That woman was so sassy in that scene. I was like, girl, like, calm down. 
I want to say she was mean about it, but like we've seen meaner in Carl's school and she's a secretary in a public school in an underfunded area of Chicago. She's doing her best. <laughs> <laughs> she, she tells Fiona she can take the GED, which is the diploma for quitters and uh, gives her the practice test for it because Fiona actually doing the credits. Fiona needs to work and she doesn't have time to like do the credits to graduate. Like, I understand, like, obviously, like, people are hard on people who don't, like, graduate and, like, they get their GEDs. But, like, I feel like it's at the point where she's actively seeking out to finish her GED. And the lady's like, yeah, you suck. And you, you dropped out when you did. You're nothing. You're a loser for wanting to get it. I'm like, well, at least she's actually doing it. Like, give yeah, her she that showed up. <laughs> She showed up and she's like, hey, I would like to do this now. Like, girl's been busy. <laughs> And then we join Frank on the back, uh, back on the porch at Sheila's house. Ian comes up to him and tries to convince him not to say anything, but Frank barely hears him. And he's like, leave this, uh, leave this groceries on the door, but not before we get the iconic line of Jack Daniels and orange juice mixed better than I would have expected. Just the, the Ian and Mickey conversation, the fan fictions that have been written about that fucking line. And also, did everybody see Nick Jonas's bio this week? Because yes, I, I, sure did. I, I did see your tweet about that. that Tom, I'm going to lose it. So we, uh, yeah, back on the porch. He, Ian tries to beg Frank not to say anything, but Frank ignores him and like just walks away. Ian leaves the groceries for Sheila at the door. And then we get a really nice storyline transition and, like, he drops the groceries, rings the doorbell, and walks away. So we're walking away from Ian's storyline. And then the door opens and Karen walks out. And now we're in Karen's storyline. And I just really appreciated that transition into the next thing that we're paying attention to. It was nice. It was more, it was, it was very smooth than just being, like, cut scenes. Yeah, there's a few of those in this episode, which is, which is sort of nice. Uh, so Karen opens the door, brings the food in, and leaves. And then we catch sight of Jody's tent which is still in the backyard from when she kicked him out of the house and then gave Lip a blowjob right in front of him. Yep. So Sheila gives him a kazoo signal to come in the house now that Karen is gone. And then over to the Milkovich house where we meet two of Mickey's cousins, brothers, Wait, no, I think. no, you missed the best. You skipped over the best part. Like she kazoos. She like kazoos like one little tune. And then Jody's like, what? And she's like, woo, 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 woo. And he's like, what? And then she's like, come inside. And he's like, oh, okay. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I think they have like, I think there's like multiple calls. It seems like they have that like one means like you're safe. One, like two boots or whatever means nothing. But they were, <laughs> she like yells at him to come inside. I love her. <laughs> he is far too stupid to remember all of those. But yeah, Mickey's house. We're at the Milkovich house. We meet two of Mickey's. I think Joey and Iggy are his brothers. We, I feel like his brothers and his cousins are the same people. The way that, yeah, like, were they I, ever introduced before? Ig, uh, yes. no. I think he had a different set of brothers in the first season than the people that are in yes. this scene. Like the guys that are by his side in that big opening tunnel scene of the first time we ever see Mickey, we never see those guys again. We never see those actors again. Oh. But the guy who plays Iggy, like, is still active on like Tumblr and Twitter and stuff talking to fans. Um, but That's Iggy cool. and Joey. Iggy and Joey are, um, I think, his brothers. So they're slapping each other's hands at the kitchen table. And Mickey's like, I need you to help me kill somebody. And they're just like, cool, how? You want a gun? You want a knife? But like, say what you will about the Milkoviches. They're fucking ride or die. Yeah, that, that whole like, cabinet full of weapons. I was like, oh, well, that must be convenient. You know? Like yeah, just in the living room. 
It's like one of those like dresses you have for like cutlery and plates. No, it's yeah. filled with like AKs and grenades. <laughs> yeah. They don't even ask why. They're just like, dope, let's do it. So who are we murdering? And then we joined Karen and Lip in the bathroom of the high school. How pregnant Karen climbed onto that windowsill, I'm curious to know. No clue. Lip says he believes Fiona is going back out, is going to back out on their deal and he'll be out of school in a week. And Karen says she's going to give the baby up for adoption and then lights a joint, as pregnant women do. And then she asks him to play the dad at adoption agencies with her because it is her job to hurt this boy. Uh, And they get interrupted by a guidance counselor who is disappointed in Lip for blowing his fucking potential, just like everybody else is. I love all the adults in this episode going, hey, Lip, what are you doing? At least he's at school for once. Yeah. So he updates Lip's schedule and says Lip is going to get into an Ivy League school, whether he likes it or not, because this guidance counselor doesn't get many smart kids like him in his in his lifetime. Also, I like that. I like the end of this scene where, like, when they're helping Karen down from the ledge. That's cute. That's the one cute part. That's the one time I like Karen. But that, it was just cute. They like helped her down. Oh, are we Karen haters here? Oh yeah. Okay. We fluctuate. We have sympathy. We have sympathy for her. But I, I wish, I wish I hit her with a car. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I remember in college, Amanda was like, "I hate this girl." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Upon rewatch, when Eddie is mean to her, I feel bad. And when she stands up for her mom, I feel bad. But when she just ruins Lip's life, I just would like to kill her. (laughs) We have sympathy for her when she deserves it. But otherwise, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, no. (laughs) The bad things that happen to you don't excuse you doing bad things to other people. (laughs) Boom. And then our first stop at the alibi this episode, Frank is celebrating his mother's imminent death. And he reminisces about all the times he had to make his mom a Bloody Mary on Sunday mornings and reveals that his mom punched him in the face all the time (laughs) with a closed fist. And Kev Kev lands a good line after Tommy says some shit. And Kev's like, Tommy, you realize other people can hear you when you speak, right? A plus, Kev. So Frank was an abused child, and that is sad, but also fuck Frank Gallagher. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm so mad at season 11 for making me care about his storyline. It makes me so angry. He go- Frank goes to the bathroom in the alibi, so Frank is no longer in the main area. And then Mickey comes into the alibi looking for him. And this is the first Mickey-Kev interaction ever. Ah, they don't know they're going to be best friends. So he's like, where the fuck is Frank? And Kev's like, which Frank? And Mickey's like, you know which fucking Frank? Kev says, don't get salty, sweetie. <laughs> he's not taking any shit from Mickey. And this is this is like gross mickey look he's in a dirty tank top with a dirty hoodie and this is when he has that nasty dyed black beard oh yeah tom fun fact noel fisher started to grow out a beard because he was going to leave shameless for the season and go work on hatfields and mccoys which was a cowboy show so he wanted to grow out a beard but he is ginger and his hair grows in blonde and patchy so it was a patchy blonde beard that they then colored in to make it look like a full brown beard and then hatfields and mccoys made him shave the beard off anyway so he just looked dirty for nothing (laughs) i would just also like to say say i am the biggest kev fan ever (gasps) yes Whenever he's on screen, my heart drops a little bit. So just saying that. I agree. Respect. There, there's some quality Kev content in season 11. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just have memorized every word Mickey said in the newest episode. I'm trying to filter it out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> so for some reason, Kev covers for Frank and sends Mickey on his way. And then at the Jacksons, Jody is getting fed for being the king he is and keeping Sheila company. <laughs> And then Granny tries to go up the stairs and falls down and Jody picks her up. And then suddenly, because Sheila is a good fucking person, 
She jumps up to help clean Grammy Gallagher up, and Jody, the king he is, offers to get her pain meds. That scene, like, is so, like, it, like, it hurts. It's so sad, and, like, you can tell they feel so bad, but I'm still just like, I don't like Grammy. <laughs> Grammy just happened to end up with the only two good-hearted people, like, that she could have been around while in this terrible stage of her life, even though they both a little bit hate her. Meanwhile, uh, at the Gallagher house, Fiona is looking over the GED practice test. I guess she didn't have work today? Oh, when V comes over. And so V, uh, V is there, and it's best friend time, and Fiona bitches to V about Jimmy Steve, and then V talks about Kev and her trying to get pregnant, and like, you're gonna be such a good mom! Oh my god, that's so great! And V's like, you're trying to get your GED! Oh my god, you're so smart! That's so great! And I'm like, I Girl like power! <laughs> and then a knock at the back door. Mickey is like the Mickey just bursting into every scene is just I don't know how to tell you what it does to me. It makes me so happy. Knock at the back door. Mickey is looking for Frank and Fiona doesn't care why, but she sends Mickey on the way. She's like, as long as I have been alive, I haven't known the answer to where is Frank Gallagher. I don't, I don't know. And then another iconic line, V uh, calls Mickey the dirtiest white boy in America. I love that line so much. And like the beard is bad, but that is that is Fiona's future brother-in-law. So let's put some respect on him. They don't know that. Um, and then over to Lib and Karen at an adoption agency interview at like a Christian adoption agency. Karen could not give a shit who the baby goes to. She just wants to get paid. But Lip is like very concerned. He's like, do you only adopt to Christian families? Do you, do you look them over first? Like Lip cares about this child. Mm -hmm. And Karen's like, are you going to pay me? I hate her. And the, the people at the adoption agency are like, we don't pay for babies. So no, we're not going to do that. And then at the Jacksons, Jody has the place stocked up with pain meds now because he's a king. And Sheila tells him she's going to try and convince Karen to keep him around. Mm. And then he takes care of Grammy again while he and Sheila have like a moment. Like she Sheila, it's so caring and loving and beautiful. It's so, it's so good. So then Frank is huffing glue in a park. And talking about the time he walked in on his mom fucking some guy. And like I said, the episode's really good with these transitions because he is on the side of a fence huffing glue with this homeless guy. And then on the other side of the fence is Jimmy Steve and Carl's entire football team. Because Jimmy Steve is coaching Carl's these football team. Whoever like, did like the like camera work or directing of this scene, they did good with all these yeah. transitions. Because they kept it like in one location than when it's just like from the alibi to the house. Yeah, it was like really smart planning. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was really great directing, and I guess Michael O'Malley did an okay time writing it too. <laughs> I'm so mad that Bert fucking Hummel wrote so many of my favorite episodes. So Jimmy is setting up Carl's football practice, and um, Debbie is on his ass about. She's like, "Are you're just doing this to get back in Fiona's pants? Like you're so annoying. Like Debbie's just up his ass." I love how she like doesn't give a shit because she knows exactly what he's doing. So then Carl tackles Jimmy to the ground and on the other side of the fence, huffing glue with a homeless man, Frank mistakes Steve. Frank's like, because um, Steve's wife is also there. So Frank's like, I would have loved to have a female football coach. And the homeless guy's like, yeah, I love the long hair. And Frank's like, no, no, no. The girl with the short hair and the perky ass. And the guy's like, that's a man. That's Steve. <laughs> And then at another adoption center for the second time, this one's more like rundown uh, of an adoption center, like a state run facility. And for the second time, Lip is the only one concerned about what's going to happen to this child. And Karen is once again wondering why no one's going to pay her to give up her child. What an awful human being. <laughs> right? 
she's so annoying but also like i feel like they would know better what places to go to because it seems like they're going to all the places that don't accept money but i feel like there's plenty of people out there that will pay for a child and this lady um helps them with that she gives them a number to an attorney that's going to help them get paid to give up the child the lady's like so pissed and she's like so under the table like hands them this like business card they're like yeah Back at home, Ian is quizzing Fiona for her GED test, which is very cute. And she lets Ian know that Mickey Milkovich stopped by. And Fiona saying Mickey's name shouldn't make me... I I love the Gallagher saying Mickey Milkovich's name. I don't know what it is, but I love it. <laughs> Ian gives her some... Like, that, that triggers some alarm bells in his head. And he's like, I gotta go do something. And he leaves to go find Mickey. Uh, Carl and Debbie come home with Jimmy Steve and his wife and they tell Fiona about football practice. Jimmy Steve flirts more and convinces Estefania to come over tomorrow and cook for them all. And she agrees to feed the poor people. <laughs> Listen. I love Estefania because she doesn't know what's going on. She's just there to have a good time. Yeah. She barely understands English. She just understands that she lives in a five-star hotel and then the rest of the family lives here. She don't know. She don't know. So Carl and Debbie ask when Grammy can come home. And Fiona's like, you know, when you blow up a meth lab in the basement, you get a timeout from family for a while. (laughs) Lip comes home and tries to back out of his and Fiona's deal because of the GED technicality. And she basically says, fuck you. This is the new deal. And she's like, here, mix this pasta. I got to go study. Because what do you think that like she was going to do? Be able to re-enroll in high school and just like do it the old fashioned way? Like, no. (laughs) She's got to, you know, pay for the roof over their heads. Even though Ian is still the only one with a stable job in this family. True. With built-in sex. And then Frank comes home uh, to Sheila and is upset that his mother is still there. And ev- <laughs> and now she's even more comfortable because Jody got her a hospital bed for the living room. Sheila shows Frank all of the pain meds. And honestly, anything she says after that is white noise to him. He sees pills. He's like, he doesn't take in not one morsel of information that she's given him. And then he sends her to bed. And then just goes for the, he sends Sheila to bed. And then instead of taking any of the pills that are there, he goes for the IV bag that is plugged into his mother and puts it in his own arm. What kind of asshole? First of all, the sharing of needles. Second of all, taking the IV. so many wrong wrong things in this scene. (laughs) And then another shot that lives rent-free in my head. Mickey's you-up hand is hanging out of a car. Uh, with a cigarette in it as he stakes out the alibi waiting for Frank. It, like, scrolls up his hand into him in the car. Mm. Rent-free, my my guy. Rent-free. I made too many music videos in seasons one through four for me to not have that shot memorized. Iggy asks why they're hunting Frank again. And Mickey's like, he raped some girl. And they say statutory or other. And, like, boys, let's not. Mm. Yeah. Uh, listen... There are only a few redeemable Milkoviches. And then Karen comes home, sees the Frank IV situation, and she she's full Juno, by the way. She's got her arms full of snacks and a Slurpee in her hand, just pregnant, stepping over Frank to get upstairs. <laughs> the next morning at the Gallagher house, Debbie tells Fiona when to get her paycheck from the club, because uh, Fiona got a text. Fiona's like, could you not, like, answer my phone and pretend to be me? That'd be great. <laughs> and then Ian's out the door. He's got another morning study group. Because I guess he couldn't find Mickey last night. And the lip comes down. He and Fiona trade some snarky bullshit at each other. Jeremy Allen White and Emmy, just the chemistry is... I love them. That's probably one of the most things I've said about when Fiona left the show. So I was like, damn, all of her scenes with Lip are always so good. I have big agree on that. Yeah, did she win an Emmy for 
which season? Nobody ever has. I don't really? think anybody's ever won Emmy for Shameless. Emmy Russell. William H Macy did like years ago, but it wasn't more. It wasn't more so for the show itself. I think. I think it was just for him. Yeah. Did he win one? Or did he just I think so. Yeah, I think he won. Uh, yeah, I remember the one year he won one. I thought she won one for some reason. I don't know why. Googling, has Shameless ever gotten an Emmy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got he got one for playing Frank, but that's it. <sighs> Other people deserve awards for this show, but we don't have yeah, to he was nominated. That. He was nominated for, like, lead actor for, like, five years in a row on Shameless. But that's only because he's William H. Macy. Yeah. If the character's he already, played... He has so much more credible things behind him, so it's easier. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so Carl is still wearing his helmet. He asks Debbie to hit him in the head with a baseball bat, and she does it. <laughs> Good for her. Debbie, somebody has to have the brain cell today. Who has the brain cell? <laughs> Outside of the Jacksons, Ian is waiting. He once again begs Frank to make it clear to Mickey that Frank won't say anything. And Mickey is scared and freaking out. And Ian does not want Mickey to go back to Juvie. Let's make sure Ian doesn't care if Frank dies. Ian doesn't want Mickey to get caught. Because he can't be away from him because he loves him. Frank barely listens, rattles off some nonsense about men have always had men since the dawn of time. And Ian is worried for his boyfriend and someone needs to hug him and tell him everything's going to be okay. <laughs> the cuts in this scene are really weird. Like, I feel like they were trying to make some stylized choice or trying to bullshit a stylized choice out of not getting a clean shot of the whole speech. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that, Tom? That it was like cutty and weird? Yeah, and then I have, a, there's another scene coming up that I was like, oh, the coloring in this scene is not good. I don't know who like, rewatches as like, like if you watch it, I'll, we'll get to it later. But I'll let you Which, know. What character does it involve? So it's I know Lip. Stop. It's Lip. Okay, so <laughs> over to Kevin Lip. Uh, they're putting the ice cream truck away for the season, and uh, there's so there's no more summer side hustle with the with the beer and the and the weed and stuff. And they are talking about Kev and V trying to get pregnant, and Lip is helping Karen shop adoption agencies. And now it's season eleven. They're both dads. I'm sorry. Um, stop it. <laughs> Kev is excited about Fiona going back to school and says, Fiona's smart. That's great. I love that she's going back to school. Ah. Kev is a big brother. It's very cute. And then Kev becomes yet another adult telling Lip he is too fucking smart to quit school right now. Good job, Kev. Oh, I love Kev. <laughs> That's adult number three just in this episode, not counting all the times Ian has said to him over the last few episodes, you're throwing your life away for this woman. And then, again, they love transferring from one himbo to another. They do it a lot in this season. Mm-hmm. We're over to Jody and Sheila again, taking care of Grammy Gallagher. She's feeling, uh, oh, she's feeling bad for herself and that she's been banished to a stranger's house to ride out her death. She says she needs more pills because her piece of shit son stole all of them. <laughs> and Jody jumps on it like a superhero. Sheila calls him a superhero and Grammy's like, you know, he's not a bad guy. He's pretty, he's pretty cool. So because she, I think, like, at this point, uh, Jody's just, like, getting all these drugs from, like, a buddy of his or something like that. Like, it's yeah. not, like, her actual prescription. Oh, yeah. And and Grammy's like, I appreciate a man who hears that I am in pain and then goes to procure me pain meds. That's, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. And he, like, cleaned her up and carried her up the stairs and set up a bed for her. Grammy's like, you know what? Jody's a good dude. And she and Sheila sort of mend fence. They have a conversation and they mend fences and they apologize for all the things they said to each other. And like, it's really good. It's a good storyline. And speaking of good storylines, 
<laughs> Mickey, this scene. Mickey comes back to the cash and grab. He's desperate. He's spinning out. He's been looking for Frank all night. And Ian tries to assure him that Frank won't say anything, that Mickey doesn't have to do this. Frank has walked in on Lip and his girls, Fiona and all of her boyfriends. It's not that big of a deal. And Mickey's like, you do not understand. If word gets out that I am fucking a man, my dad will murder me. My dad will mm -hmm. murder me. Ian, Ian's super emotional. He's on the verge of tears. He's so upset. He doesn't want Mickey to do this. And, that, and then Mickey says, no, he quits his job. He tells Ian they're done. He takes what he's owed for the hours of his of the week out of the register. And Ian tries to stop him one last time. And Mickey snaps and says, what do you think we're yeah. boyfriend and girlfriend here? You're nothing but a warm mouth to me. Sorry, but I got to go kill your dad. I'll be doing a whole lot of people a favor, including you. And like, oh, tell me that scene didn't break you when you first saw it. He's like, he, Ian's hurt so bad. Like, fuck Frank. Like, I agree, Mickey, but goddamn. I just love them so much. <laughs> And like, I don't have time to get into the psychology of it all, but like Mickey, Mickey is so afraid. He's so afraid. Uh, like he, and right when he was feeling comfortable with Ian, right when they were like hanging out and doing it face to face in the, like, and they were, they were best friends. Like they're not only boyfriends, they're best friends. And that's mm -hmm. so evident through this whole season. And like, God damn it, this hurts. I have to admit, wonder, they really got that right. Like when, like you think someone found out like you're gay like you get so desperate to like try to cover it up or like do anything you will like so mm -hmm. i give credit to shameless for that yeah especially like with the in-depth characters of like mickey and like the milkoviches themselves like i'm glad it wasn't just like they made it more of an issue like because i what i really liked about shameless is that we had ian's whole coming out story but we never really saw any homophobic remarks or whatever it was a very clean like coming out and then you get to see the other side with Mickey with like having non-accepting parents or like having like obviously being the dirtiest people alive. So they always got all the bad views and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And like, and like, it sucks that like most of their relationship and most of their storyline is like hiding and running and hiding, but it makes it so much yeah. sweeter. And now that they're like out and Ian's talk, Mickey's talking about getting butt fucked in the alibi. Like it's not a big thing anymore. Yeah. Like the payoff is so nice. Yeah. 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 Like, like, they deserve it after all of their 10 years of bullshit. Like, they deserve this. Yeah. Uh, but this scene, you're nothing but a warm mouth to me. Like, is And, like, that colors the way that Ian sees himself. I know it does. The way that Ian sees himself and the way that Ian sees how men treat him for years to come. Like, men outside of Mickey, you're nothing but a warm mouth to me. Like, resonates with Ian. Oh, God, I need to do an in-depth dive of Ian's storyline, too. Because Mickey's is one thing, but Ian's is... Crazy. God damn, Ian's is another story. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mickey leaves to go murder Frank and Ian's heartbroken. And we don't even get to digest that for one single second before a scene with Lip, Karen, and, and the baby lawyer. So this lawyer is finding a way to get Karen money for the baby. And Lip, again, mm -hmm. is the only one trying to make sure the parents that, that get the baby are going to be good people. And Karen's like, I don't fucking care. This guy's going to pay me. Shut the fuck up and sign the paper. And at the club Fiona works at, she's collecting her last check and the manager is offering her another position for the winter and even offers Fiona an uh, assistant manager position. And it sounds great and like the money is good, but Fiona doesn't have the coverage for Liam at night and like just can't take that job. But the woman leaves the door open. She's like, you know what? Think about it. it job's yours if you want it. And leaves the door open for her. And we join Karen and Lip on the train riding home. Lip is so distraught about giving up what he believes to be his child to a stranger. 
And Karen again tells him that they're not even sure it's his. And I'm so against the way that Karen handles his feelings about this. But an attitude I love is Jody. He's playing the bongos <laughs> in the Jackson living room while Sheila does Grammy's nails. What a great group of people. <laughs> Grammy asks for a road trip to the alibi and pulls out a bag of cash to mail to her kids. And Sheila's like, Frank's gonna love that. Grammy's like, Frank's not getting a fucking dime of this. No. Oh, I thought it was just in the cushion. Like, she just pulled it out nonchalantly like, oh, this is the yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, I have that here stored away. <laughs> The leftover money she got from the plastic surgeon, a.k.a. Chuck, a.k.a. God from Supernatural. And uh, in school, some very complicated math science thing is happening in the classroom. I don't know. I don't know either of those things. I haven't done them since junior year. And, and Lip is paying about as much attention to it as I am. And then uh, this sequence is so good. This is the scene. This is the coloring scene. Okay. But the teacher asks Lip to answer the question, and Lip says, I believe the answer to that question, like the answer to most questions, is fuck you, and then throws a chair through the window. And I'll, you Amazing. say you're thinking about coloring, but I want to say, why? what does it say about me that this scene reminds me of the scene in Hairspray, where Zac Efron tells the teacher to kiss his ass? Yes. <laughs> and also, parallel, I don't know if you watch this show, um, but I'm not okay with this. There's like a scene where like everyone's like freaking out at the teacher, and this one kid like stands up, like pauses, throws his books onto the floor, pauses, and then just goes, motherfucker. And he goes, go to detention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Tom, what was up with the coloring in this scene? I didn't know. Okay, so if you watch, so like the shot of the teacher looking at Lip, right? The coloring's fine. But then they do a shot where it's like the window is on the right and it's a close-up of Lip. And it just looks so harsh. And I'm just like, who colored <laughs> this shot? Like, what intern did they have come in and was like, this is good. And it just so threw me out of the, threw me out of the show. I was like, okay, it, it was, I like I could go back and watch it again because I was like so distraught. Like it pulled me out of it. I was like, this is so weird. I don't know. Do you do you think it was because of the exposure from the windows? That's what like, I think that. it was. Yeah. Also, sometimes they just get lazy with their editing. Like there was a scene in season ten where Terry Milkovich confronts Mickey outside of the Gallagher house, and they pull their guns on each other. And there's a shot of them pulling their guns on each other, and then it just cuts to another shot of them, of the guns, but like this, this time. Ugh. Like it was, <laughs> there was no cutaway to either of their faces. Where's the continuity like, the person? Even the music was like, Dah! and it, it, it was, it was incorrect. I realized that was a visual metaphor I just used on a, on a podcast, but like it's. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, is, is that during the, um, you sure love dick and he goes yeah sure love one sure love one uh, no it was like oh look we shop at the same gun store and like there's a shot of both of the guns at each other and then a music cue and then it's the same shot but from a different angle and like the, their hands move uh, oh my gosh good for them fire their <laughs> I, they need to fire their continuity person <laughs> hire me and amanda <laughs> This is what happens when you have an editor on the podcast. I love it. <laughs> Tom helped me edit and, and do so much of my stuff in school. Like, I would not have survived film school without this man. I would just like to give a huge shout out. Amanda pretty much wrote all my scripts. So thank you. <laughs> I did not. I consulted Amanda, and all helped. the dialogue, all the snarky dialogue in my scripts were because of you. So I'm giving you a shout out now. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Tom was also in my very first film, which I filmed on film outside and was so blown out, you couldn't see a single thing. It was this fair skin. <laughs> it was me not knowing how to work a film camera. I don't think any of us knew how, so. 
Remember we were, sorry, we were digitizing one of our classmates. Like the way you digitize it is you just play the film on a projector and you just aim a camera at the screen and film it. And we were watching, we're like, that's a really cool fire effect you have going. The sound effect, this is raw film. Your film's on fire. Yeah. He was, his film burned up while watching it. It was crazy. <laughs> Oh my god. He lost like 15 seconds because all of us were mesmerized by how cool the effect looked when it was just the film strip <laughs> was on fire. so funny. I'm so sorry to your friend, but holy shit. <laughs> oh god. Seared into my brain, that is. <laughs> oh, Calcia. Okay. So, uh, Zac Efron, got it. Anyway, Iggy comes into the Milkovich kitchen. Frank has been spotted because uh, Mickey and his brother are in the kitchen and Iggy comes in. Somebody found Frank. And Joey and Iggy are like, we'll come join you. And Mickey tries to go alone, but they don't let him. They throw him some masks and they, they say they're going to ride together. And then meanwhile, Fiona lets the guidance counselor into the house and he tells her Lip has been expelled. But he already got another high school to agree to take Lip in. And I love all the adults looking out for Lip in this episode. Good, as they should. This random guidance one counselor looking out for him. that we see like maybe one more time in the whole series. Deserves the Emmy. <laughs> Over to Jody telling Grammy why he is sober now, because Jody is a sober man, as he wheels her down the street to the mailbox to mail the cash to her sons. And she's like, here, take these, take them to the mailbox. And he does. And while he does that, she tries to wheel herself into traffic in front of a bus. <laughs> Jody saves her. And then we join Carl at a football game. He, he, wait, sorry. Jody saves her and he's like, did you do that on purpose? She's like, yeah, yeah, I fucking did that on purpose. I love her. And then we join Carl at a football game where Fiona can't get Lip on the phone. And she's like, seriously? Seriously? You got kicked out of school? Explain this to me. And just keeps hanging up on him. Carl is kicking ass on the football team. This is getting out He's all of his aggression. He's just tackling kids nonstop. And that night, uh, more cute Jody and Sheila stuff. And then Sheila and Grammy have a heart to heart. Um, and like, this is very touching and moving and lovely. But anyway, over to Mickey and his brothers <laughs> carrying out the Frank murder plot. So Mickey sends the guys like another direction so they can like corner him in the alley. So Mickey gets Frank alone, is following him down the street, follows him into an alley. He's got a shot. He's out of, he's out of eye shot. Like he's got a shot on him, but he hesitates. He bites his lip. He thinks about what this would mean to Ian and him about them. And then he throws the gun away and punches a cop so he can get thrown back in juvie. I love, he just like walks up to a cop and he's like, hey, and then because being in juvie protects him from his dad and that might just keep him alive a little bit longer if his dad finds out because he has trauma and emotional distress and daddy issues and internalized homophobia <laughs> you can read all about it in my 30 page paper linked in our website <laughs> uh, he's got damage but now he's happily married and fighting about his husband withholding sex in front of the entire family and at the alibi and who gives it to who? And now next week, or the next episode, they're going to fight the Milkovich family, and it's going to be great. Anyway, that's a wrap on season two, Mickey. He punches a cop. He gets arrested. He's like, does this violate my probation? Mickey is going back to juvie. Nolan, that terrible beard, are going to go to a cowboy show that makes him shave it off, and then we'll see you in season three, you precious boy. <laughs> that's it for season two with him? Yeah. Yeah. He was only a guest star in seasons one, two, and three. He was a regular in seasons four and five. He showed up for one episode in season six, Two episodes in season seven, one episode in season nine, and he became a series regular in season 10. Did you scream when they made him a series regular in season four? Yes. <laughs> and Tom, I don't know if you noticed when they did the PR blitz about season 10, they made it look like a Stan account 
had hacked into the shame the shameless Showtime Twitter account and was just tweeting hashtag bring Mickey back for 24 full hours until they revealed at the end a video of Noel as Mickey saying he was tunneling out of prison and then they announced that's right Noel Fisher is coming back as a series regular for season 10. Yeah, cool PR Stein. I don't know where their PR people went because this season they're barely advertising that it's on but that yeah yeah that's like a cool stunt to do yeah it got all the people that were dejected and that had given up on shameless uh like we reinvigorated we're like holy fuck he's coming back and the only reason he got brought back as a series regular is because when cameron monahan said he was going to leave the show he's like i'm leaving but you have to incorporate mickey ian has to end up with mickey and then when they were like oh fuck we have to bring back cameron because emmy's leaving and now we don't have a main character besides jeremy allen white so cameron monahan said yeah i'll come back if you bring noel back as a series regular he knew Ian's storyline only ever worked with Mickey. So that's why Noel is a series regular now. Well, they finally like, realized like what a great storyline they had there. And it's like, I don't know. That's why I think like I, don't... like I had to stop it for a little bit. Cause like I was so invested in that storyline and it just kind of just went away. And I was like, ugh. And Tom like, was there so through weird. my, he was there through my evolution of, I love the show. I love the show. I love the show. What the fuck? Fuck this show. Anyone who watches this show. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so weird because you would think about how popular of a pairing they were and how well the show was doing for them to write him off so many damn times. Like, who was that for? Because they knew everyone would be pissed every single time he was back and then he wasn't. Like, they were just dangling that and, like, they had to have known that was gravely affecting their views and, like, their engagement with the audience because the moment they said anything about M- Mickey back. So many people rose in from the shadows that were gone for so many years because they're like, hell yes, our favorite character is back. Did they, did they not, did they not deal with that in season six, seven, nine? And then they were like, hey, guess what for season 10? (laughs) If you, if you look at the viewing metrics in season seven, that all of the episodes without Mickey were like in the, like way lower than they'd been in previous seasons. And then the episodes with Mickey tripled their viewership. And then the next mm-hmm. one without him had had one third of that viewership back. I don't understand shows that don't realize shows that shows that don't cave to fan service. People are like, well, they're just caving to fan service. Fans are the ones watching your show. Same with movies. Like, I just don't understand. Like, people do not listen to fans sometimes. And it's so aggravating. And then there's things like Sonic the Hedgehog that put out a trailer. Fans went, mm, that's bad. And they fixed it. And it was amazing. Shout out to Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't never thought I would say this on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sonic the Hedgehog for actually listening to their viewership. <laughs> God. Oh, yes. So, yeah, that's a wrap on season two, Mickey. We'll see you next season. And then we go over to Sheila's house. Because when we don't have Mickey, we get Sheila. We get Sheila. We go over to Sheila's house where she's trying to help Grammy kill herself. Grammy would like to die now. And they're not great at this. They try a plastic bag. They try just holding her nose. And then she, Sheila and her decide that she's going to suffocate Grammy with a pillow. And so she, and Grammy's like, don't puss out on me. And Grammy lays down and they put the pillow over her face. And she, Sheila gets consent to kill her. And then sits on the pillow until Grammy is dead. Joan Cusack is a winner, man. It- like, shout out to Sheila for literally not batting an eye at murdering someone. She was putting her out of her pain and misery. Sheila's a good person. So Frank walks in while Sheila is still sitting on a pillow on his mom's face, but the deed is done. And Sheila's like, 
Frank, your mother has passed away. The fact that her literally sitting on her face, just being like, your mother has crossed over. And then at the Gallagher's, Jimmy, Steve, and his wife come over to cook dinner, but it is showdown time for Lip and Fiona. Jeremy Allen White and Emmy getting to flex is sexy. Them yelling at each other is sexy. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Fiona tells him he has to go to school or he's got to get out of the fucking house. You go to school or you leave. That's the deal. So he decides to leave. He packs up his bag and he fucking leaves, which she did not expect. Carl runs after him, begging him to come back. But Lip just keeps going and walking down the street. And like, I don't know why Carl chasing after him breaks my heart so much, but it it really does. Yeah, it's actually sad. Like, it's like that little brother, big brother dynamic. It's just so sad. Mm-hmm. And we cut to the credits. That's the end of the episode. Uh, in the after credit scene, Frank knocks on a door and Monica answers. Blech. And he says mom is dead and he gets on his knees and hugs her by the waist. And and now and now Monica is back. And now Monica's back. And that sets us up for next week's uh, episode, which I'm not ready to talk about. It's going to be real bad, man. But that is the mm-hmm. end of this week. So to wrap it all up, Karen is trying to sell her baby. Lip is losing his mind. Lip won't go back to school, got kicked out. Fiona mm-hmm. kicked him out of the house. And yep. uh, Fiona's still dealing with the Jimmy Steve situation. Debbie's sort of there. Liam exists, I think. Liam's somewhere. Ian's heartbroken. Mickey's in juvie. Grammy is dead. And Frank is bringing Monica back into it all. God. So that's the episode. What do we think, fellas? I like this episode. Yeah, I think too. it's, I think like revert, uh, going back to like the last episode too, is like it seems more like, I like more dynamics of like different groups of people having scenes together. And like it's, and like also like this, episode was so smooth compared to so many other episodes i liked it but i'm sad about grammy cole's storyline because she was a really fun character add-on and like watching her interact with like everyone and having like all of her beef but also then having like all the kids who love her and stuff like that sad she's gone but fuck granny (laughs) what about you tom i mean i got my kevin ian and mickey phil so i was happy You know what? You're right. That's a good episode if you get all three of them. Any more shirtless scenes of Kev, I'm down for. Not in this one, but I remember in the series, he's sometimes shirtless. I'm like, oh. Oh, I found out why Kev is bald in the new season. It's because Steve Howie has alopecia and is losing his hair. (gasps) I didn't know that. Yeah. So he just shaved his head. Damn. He like, I liked it when it's like buzzed. I don't like it when it's literally like razor. (laughs) Yeah. He's too shiny. He's too (laughs) rounded now. No, but I agree. I love I love some Kev content. I love Kevin Mickey content. I love the first interaction of Kevin Mickey in this episode because Kevin Mickey in seasons four and five is amazing, and then season ten is that on st- or season eleven now is that on steroids. I'm I'm super hyped for that. Mm-hmm. Those fucking awful banana pants. Um, but no, I I really like this episode. I, Jeremy Allen White and Emmy got to flex in this episode. Cameron got to flex in this episode. Noel got to flex in this episode. Mm-hmm. Everybody got to like come out swinging and. And there was very little Frank content, which is why I think I liked it so much. <laughs> True. <laughs> but they really, literally, when you put, when you grab William H. Macy and put him on the back burner and push the other ones to the front and be like, look how great our cast is. And like the deep, emotional, wonderful storylines they get to do when it was still classified as a drama in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the acting is definitely on par. 
Yeah. Because, Tom, we had a discussion last week about this, but they've sort of changed their entire vibe because in season four, the show was officially classified as a comedy, not a drama. Oh, yeah, even for the fourth season, season right? Yeah, because they didn't want to fight with Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Oh. But, like, season four was one of their darkest seasons. Season five got even darker than that. And then the mm-hmm. rest of it's been, like, slapstick, funny, funny, ha-ha shit. But, yeah, I really liked this. This was a good episode. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was a good episode. I liked it. Agreed. Tom, how did you like being on our podcast? I loved it. If you guys ever want me again, please let me know. Absolutely, yes. yes. Abs- especially if you watch the new season and you would like to scream about an episode with us. We do mini-sodes of the new season. Oh, please. I will, I'm will. i so down. Let me know. Yes, watch the three episodes tonight and then get back to us. Well, I will let you know what I think about Nick Jonas, whatever that reference is, but I'm going to find it yes. out. Yes. <laughs> Tom, I want you to live text me of what, how you're watching it because, like, I will. I'm, I, again, I apologize. The first episode isn't great, but the second one is, and the third one, if you love Kevin Mickey content, oh, you're going to love the third one. Good. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, you're going to love the third one. Uh, but, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. It was so good to see you. I haven't seen you it in so awesome long. It was awesome for having no, you. I love, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Tom, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, I mean, you can follow my Instagram, I guess. <laughs> Tom's been posting some dope-ass photos he took. Yeah, I'm a photographer on the side, so. <laughs> What's your at so everyone can follow you? It's Tom and then period Hornberger, H-O-R-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. The nicknames in high school were awful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everybody go follow Tom's Instagram. His art is in fucking sane. Like, the, po- the photos he's been posting this week are ridiculous um it's so good i really appreciate it Thanks. tom is one of the most talented people i've ever met and that i'm honored to still have in my life and that i got to live with for a year like it was <laughs> fun year like i lived with him for a year and then we basically lived together even though we did like you were in my room constantly and i mean in we'd have parties and year. somehow i ended up over at your apartment and i'd be like <laughs> i think i just got tired of the parties i was like oh yeah no, and I, Tom, I was at Tom's apartment when we were watching the Oscars together. When La La Land won Best Picture, I got up and left and left his apartment. And Tom texted me, Amanda, you missed it. Moonlight won. <laughs> oh, my God. But I miss you so much. It was so nice to have you here. Everybody go follow his Instagram. It will be in the show notes. Oh, thanks. Yes. And uh, where can they find you, my dear friend, Evan? Where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at IWantToDie4000. And then you can also follow my Twitter, which is internet like you, but I'm not really active on there. And where can we find you, Amanda? You can find me at AbnormalAmanda on Twitter, at AbnormalAmanda18 on Instagram, and at AbnormalAmanda underscore 18 on TikTok, where all I do is yell about shameless and supernatural, and apparently people like it. You can yep. follow the <laughs> show, however, at LuckWeHadPod on Insta, at LuckWeHadPod on Twitter, you can email us at luckwehadpod at gmail.com the links to our website is in all of those bios where you can find everywhere possible to stream this and a link to my 30 page dissertation about the psychology of Mickey Milkovich for the first four seasons of Shameless which Tom was there to see me write yes he was in the class he can attest wasn't it a 10 page assignment oh yes I remember because I wrote mine on Orphan Black and I was like maybe I could go (laughs) over 10 pages too and Amanda says uh yes I will yep Yes, I did. Uh, But yeah, that's where you can follow all of us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. The next couple of weeks are going to be rough. We will be putting trigger warnings on the episodes with the content that deserve the trigger warnings. Because starting in the next couple of weeks and then into season three, especially, there are some heavy trigger warning episodes that I promise we will be warning you about. But uh, this... 
this one was a precursor to some madness. It was some heavy hitter shit. And we were happy. We were happy to do it. I'm so happy to have you here, Tom. Thanks. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. This was oh, amazing. Thank you guys for letting me. I really had so much fun. Thanks. <laughs> so please remember to rate, review, subscribe on everything. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week. So everybody say bye. Everybody bye. say bye. bye.